Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? This man is actually casting out demons. Remember last week, the disciples couldn't even cast out a demon. They had to call in Jesus. But this man's casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And then what did they say? And we forbade him because he does not follow us. Oh, (laughs) but Jesus said, do not forbid him for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me for he who is not against us is on our side for whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Jesus is saying, calm down, guys. This is such a beautiful thing for us too. you know, John was talking about it. We we're part of the Calvary Chapel Church uh, family of churches. And that's our heritage. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I will say back in the 90s when the Lord, the Lord put Pastor Chuck Smith's teachings into my life, I would say this, and I don't say it lightly, it saved my life, literally. And I'm always going to be grateful for that, thankful to the Lord for that. But, you know, we don't have the corner on truth. We preach the word. We hold to his word. We don't deny his name. But how many others out there in the world? We're not alone. There are so many other good groups and denominations and people out there who love Jesus with their whole heart, who teach the whole counsel of God's word, who hold to the truth. We don't have the corner on truth. You know, that's one of the signs of being a cult, by the way, when you say you have the truth. If you don't know this, you know, our LDS friends, they believe they are the reestablished church, that they alone have the truth. And how do they prove it? They wrote their own books. And Jehovah's Witnesses do the same thing. You know, they claim they have the truth. But if you start to look at this... They changed the Bible so dramatically when it relates to Jesus and his divinity. You start looking at John 1 and Romans 8 and some of these things. They wrote their own Bible, and there is a staunch warning in Scripture about those who would change the Word of God. But that's a sign of being a cult where you think, oh, we're alone. We have the truth. Nobody else. We need to be careful. You know, and also we have to have discernment, of course. We don't just call everybody a Christian. There's a lot of people out there today that don't hold the foundational teachings of the Scripture But if they do, if they hold the the fact that God Almighty created the universe, that he is triune in nature, you know, these foundational issues where there's no compromise, the virgin birth, you know, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, what it means for you and me, that he's coming again to set up his kingdom, these foundational things where there is no compromise. If we can agree on those things, then we can fellowship with those people. We can pray with those people. We can come alongside and even do ministry with people like that. But not if it's a fake Jesus. Not if it's a compromised Jesus. But Jesus is saying here, if they are with us, they're not against us. And we have to remember that. I think that keeps us humble to a certain degree. Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me, for he who is not against us is on our side. Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is Jesus saying that. 
So let's remember that. All over the planet today, there are faithful people serving in places we couldn't dream of. I was talking to a friend who, they keep the identity secret. They have an underground church in Afghanistan they're supporting. And the things those people are having to endure and go through, pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and places like that all over the world, in China. I mean, yeah, persecution seems to be slowly coming here, but we don't understand persecution. Pray for your brothers and sisters all over the world. And then Jesus, I love this, because he gets right back on track. He goes back to this little one. And Jesus is going to give a very staunch warning of his own here. In verse 42, he says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. I think Jesus has some pretty profound words right here. Protect the little ones, especially those who believe in him. And yet look around. You know, I've told you before, I'm not hyper-political. You know, if somebody wants to run for mayor, I'll support the right candidates. I'll tell you, go vote your Christian conscience. You know, make sure you're voting for the candidates who hold to the word of God, if there are any, or hold to our principles and our foundations. But there are times when we must intervene. You know, I've been talking about this a lot, and my heart just keeps aching and growing in this area. We have to intervene. We have to stand in the gap. God, the Lord is telling us, Look at what's happening to this generation. Look at what's happening to these kids. Christian kids, too. They're being stolen right from under our own noses. Right from our households. They're being lied to by the enemy. They're being told these vicious, horrible, evil, abhorrent lies. And we're being robbed. And not only that, look at this generation of kids that don't even know the truth. Look at what's happening even in public schools in Idaho. Good God, we need to step up and do something. I don't want to lose another kid. I don't want to lose this generation. The enemy's taken enough. And my heart just aches every Sunday, you know, I just, man, I long for more youth. And it seems to be those teenage years, you know, and they're just snagging them and grabbing them and teaching them this garbage, these horrible, sinful lifestyles and calling it wonderful. We know it's not. And they've infiltrated even Idaho. And so we have to do something, you know, and it starts with being vigilant, which is the next point. The next admonition in our teaching today is to be vigilant. And we need to be vigilant in this area. It starts with prayer and fasting for these kids. Because I believe a lot of it is demonically inspired. And you look around and you just go, what do we do? Well, it starts with prayer. Lord, open the doors. Show us what we must do. Bring the people with the heart, Lord, to, to be radical for you in a way that is saving these kids and preaching the gospel and getting them saved. Not just getting them out of a certain you know, lifestyle or situation, but getting them the gospel. Because that is only the only remedy. When the heart is changed by Jesus Christ, it's truly changed. So it starts with being vigilant in prayer for these kids. We have to do everything we can to get them the truth. We're called to be the salt and light, which we're going to, be here, we're going to see here shortly. But I also believe this passage, as I said, is talking about baby Christians. We need to be able to be those who disciple, and all of us can do this. You know, as a Christian, you're qualified. You're competent to counsel. You're competent to disciple. The Scripture tells you that. Come alongside new believers. Share, your, share the gospel. And when they get saved, stay with them. Teach them. Disciple them. We should do that. One of the most heartbreaking stories still gets to me to this day, and I'm always on guard, is that, you know, there was this wonderful family that came to Christ. The husband was backslidden. He came back to the Lord. They brought their kids to church. The mom, who was anti-Christian, anti-religious, she was an atheist, she got born again, and it was one of those dramatic conversions where everything just radically changed. They were in the Word of God. Their kids were in the Word of God. The whole family was changing. They were, it was dramatic. It was amazing. It was one of the most encouraging things until it wasn't. And then one day, she left her husband. 
And then we found out what happened. Her old atheist friends got a hold of her on Facebook, started telling her she's getting brainwashed. And they said, you know, remember that guy that broke your heart in high school? We want to connect you with him. You know, the one you still long for. The enemy knows exactly how to get in the path of a new believer, how to take him out. He knows exactly what buttons to push in all of our lives. That's why we have to be vigilant. We have to be on guard. Not only that, you know, here's the thing. 1 Peter 5.8 reminds us this very thing. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Did you notice? It's not the Lord's adversary. Whose adversary is it? It's yours, mine. The enemy wants to take us out. The enemy wants to get us off track. Be vigilant, be sober. That's the warning. And so Jesus, he doesn't hold back. He takes a dramatic turn. And remember, this is a mixed group. We have children, we have all of these families together and Jesus doesn't hold back. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Sometimes we get worried we're going to offend people with truth. So what? I mean, share it in love. Jesus certainly did. But look at this. Mark 9, verses 43 through 48. Jesus has a profound warning. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life or enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Verse 47, and if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire where their worm, tell me if you've heard this before, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And obviously Jesus isn't telling us to mutilate ourselves. This is spiritual in nature. He's saying, look, this is how evil and horrible and how serious you need to take sin. Billions of people are in hell right now. I just want, you know, I hate to, to bring this up, but I really don't. Just think right now on the belly of the earth, according to scripture, right now, people are in hell because they rejected the gospel, because they rejected the truth of God. And you know, I know people who are in hell right now, but how many of us know people who are probably in hell? You know, and it's not fun to think about, but you know what? We should think about it because Jesus is telling us about it. And you know, if Jesus says something one time, you better listen. If he says it twice, you certainly should listen. But if he repeats himself three times immediately like this, he has something for us to hear. We better listen. You know, and it also breaks my heart, you know, this teaching of hell. There are so many so-called Christian churches out there now that are teaching there's no such thing as hell. Don't worry about it. Who does that sound like? Oh, don't worry about it. There's no hell. That's a lie from the enemy. And talking about the cults, most all the cults teach there is no hell. Or they teach there's a, there's a place you can go in between where your relatives can pay to get you out, or, I mean, pray to get you out. You know, and it's not trying to be harsh. It's just these things are, these are damnable heresies. And we cannot, if it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. And here's the thing, you know, um, we're going to now jump into the last part of this teaching where it's related to all this. Jesus often will give us a problem like this in Scripture. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. 
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.